0: You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the official free podcast for TheBarkBoard.com, your one-stop shop for all your Fresno State recruiting news. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, and being joined, as always, by our publisher of the Bark Board, Mr. Jackson Moore. Jackson, how are you doing today?
1: Lucio, I'm doing well. Just uh, fresh off of football practice, and it is not cool out there, so... (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: it was just, uh, you know... It was still under 100 degrees today. Yes, today was
1: actually, I think, the best so far, but I was still a walking pile of sweat out there by the time I was done.
0: Yeah, see, this is the things that uh, Jackson goes through just so that he can get you the news. He stands out there in that heat. And (laughs) mind you, this practice field has absolutely no shade. So if you guys think that he is sitting off somewhere trying to uh, you know, take in the shade while watching practice, no. There's no shade out there, right, Jackson?
1: Yeah, right now they're on the practice field because the turf is still being worked on. But, uh, yeah, even when they get in the stadium, shade is very limited, as anyone who's been to a game at Bulldog Stadium knows. And uh, the, the turf will reflect a good 10, 15 more degrees off of it, so... Uh, i'm cool with the practice field if they're gonna be out there for a while
0: yeah trust me everybody thinks that, you know you know being in the practice field is so much better but no it, you know you once that that sun bounces off of that turf it's at least a good mm-hmm. another 10 to 15 degrees coming off of there it's kind of like you're standing on a on a on a stove pretty much <laughs> the, the heat just rises and it comes right up uh, you know underneath you it yeah it's it's horrible Um, But, you know, while Jackson has been there, he's been able to take in some of the sights and see what has been going on with the Fresno State Bulldogs. Uh, There's been about five days of camp so far. And Jackson has been able to kind of keep a uh, close eye on what's been happening and transpiring uh, out on the football field. And overall thoughts so far Jackson
1: yeah overall I mean it's a different looking team no doubt uh, when you lose those that many seniors it's a, a big impact on what this team looks like right now and just new faces there's over 40 new players it's um you know it's taken some use to, to to get to get used to this team but uh for the most part you know the depth that we saw last year is still pretty consistent uh given all the changes Uh, secondary is a little thin Uh, offensive line and wide receiver are two positions going through some transition but other than that you feel pretty good about where the Bulldogs are in terms of being a competitor for the Mountain West again and have a shot to go into USC and host Minnesota and see what happens with those two as well
0: well there's there was some question marks coming into this camp you know people were were wondering what was going to happen with the departure of Marcus McMarion Uh, some key pieces on defense also departing You know, do they have enough to reload and and get ready for the upcoming season?
1: I think the starting lineup is is very impressive and there's going to be a few drop offs. Yes, but I think it's pretty close to what they had last year. I mean, just about every spot that where they lost a key player. You look at the three linebackers. I really like this year's linebacker group Uh, athletically. I think they might be a group of better athletes this year. But, you know, what last year's linebackers did was pretty special. Um, I mean, offensive line is probably the one concern, but as far as the starting lineup goes, it's impressive. Now, a few injuries could make this team look very different. You look at Jorge Reyna, there's four freshman quarterbacks behind him. The secondary I really like, but the backup group is basically all freshmen and a few position changes to the secondary. So a few injuries could change my opinion on that, but as about 1 to 22 when you look at the starting lineup, I don't see too many weaknesses
0: now moving forward i I mean you you hit upon it uh the the quarterback position jorge reyna with all those freshman uh quarterbacks behind him and you know guys with not very much experience to 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 say the least Uh, you've got a chance to kind of take it in take a look at those quarterbacks what are your thoughts on on how they're performing so far during this fall camp
1: yeah uh, for the most part jorge reyna is basically living up to the expectations um you know they're still working things out on offense but uh, I mean he's clearly the number one guy coach Tedford named him the starter over the offseason and he hasn't let that up at all Uh, he's about the leader of the offense for the most part he's taken that role over pretty well a lot of guys will tell you even as a backup they considered him one of the leaders on the team last year and uh, there's a big gap from him to the rest and that's good and bad you're happy you have a starting quarterback and then you're worried if something happens to him uh out of the backups you have two retro freshmen and two true freshmen that join the team and ben woldridge is the name to know there Uh, he kind of emerged last spring as the number two guy and then you've got steven comstock who hasn't been as uh up to ben as far as throwing the ball but he's a very good runner and you figure if something were to happen to Jorge, perhaps they utilize his athleticism and running ability uh, because they will be scrambling a little bit if it does come to that.
0: Now you did mention that the the offensive line is uh, is the is the key question mark moving forward. Is that going to play into a lot of what uh, Tedford into the decision that Tedford has to make with these quarterbacks?
1: Now it could be a it's going to be interesting because the Bulldogs do bring back Ronnie rivers who had a tremendous finish the last year. And are they going to be able to run the ball with this offensive line as effective as they were last year? Are they going to be able to protect the quarterback as long as they were last year? And that may change how they approach things. Do they need to get the ball out quicker and faster with Jorge? Do they need to roll him out and get him out of the pocket in certain situations? Or can they rely on the run game a little bit more than maybe they did last year? So They're going to have to figure that out quick, and USC for Week 1 is not going to be an easy matchup because when you play those kinds of games, it's usually defensive or the line play and the speed on the outside is what's the toughest thing to adjust to if you're a team like Fresno State. But I think once they get past those first two games, they're not going to be talent deficient, even at the weaknesses, like an O-line. The month of October and the end of September are the easy part of the schedule relatively i don't mean to discredit any of those teams but if they can get through those first two games put together some wins and get to november i think they'll figure out a lot of these question marks we're seeing right now
0: yeah and uh, you know moving going into uh la to go play usc that's not not something that bulldogs are going to have to take lightly here you know the talks about jorge reyna in comparison to marcus mcmarion last year was that reyna was more of a wild card. He like to take a little more chances. Is that gonna benefit or hinder the Bulldogs with this season?
1: <laughs> They're trying to reel him in a little bit and they've got a new quarterback's coach, Danny Langsdorf, who I think has done a good job of that. He's a veteran coach. He's been offensive coordinator at Oregon State and Nebraska fairly recently. Um Raina's still gonna have some of that though. And It could be good and it could be bad. um, Just because McMarion only threw five picks last year, and that's a big reason why the Bulldogs were so effective. Uh, The defense was not put in bad situations by turnovers. Uh, The offense they did not necessarily take as many risks, and they played the sixty-minute game, and they would score more than plenty to win most of the games on the schedule. But um, with Reina, I think they are going to be able to open the offense up a little bit more. Uh, You look at the numbers last year and. Uh, McMarion relied on the tight ends and the running backs a lot to dump those balls out. They also relied on Keyshawn Johnson very heavily. Uh, so the passing game was uh, not quite as multi-dimensional perhaps as it could have been. But with Reyna, I do expect you to see uh, any given time of the Bulldogs could go four wide and he can sling it to just about anyone. There's not going to even be a Keyshawn Johnson to, to rely on in that sense either. So, and that, in some ways, I think Raina's ability to sling the ball around is going to be beneficial to this group of personnel, as long as he doesn't throw, the, <laughs> throw any interceptions or limits them as much as possible. Now, of
0: course, a lot of the key uh, that's going to go into how Reyna's is going to perform is how well that offensive line is going to hold up. You know, if they if they start to break down, then Reyna's is going to probably take more chances uh which could result in in uh, a a few more turnovers than we saw last season of course like you said mcmarion didn't turn over the ball very often but that's mainly because he was very good at reading his defenses and he had the time now this upcoming season that's a question mark and how do you see this offensive line holding up so far this season
1: Yeah, they're in a really good situation at the tackle positions. They've got Natani Muti back, and they've got him at left tackle, where we saw him at the beginning of last year before he got hurt. Two years ago when he really broke out, he was at left guard. So we haven't seen a whole lot of him at tackle, but he's by far the Bulldogs' best lineman, and that's usually the position you want your best lineman at as long as he's big enough to play that left tackle position. Cyrus Tuatelli on the right tackle spot, your only returning starter from last year's Mountain West Championship game on the line. Uh, so you feel really good about them, but the interior is a, a big question. Um, at center right now, you've got five foot eleven walk-on Matt Smith as your main center right now, and I'm not so sure anyone's going to be able to catch him. So, I mean, he, IQ, football IQ, mentally, leadership-wise, he's tremendous, but it's going to be interesting to see how he matches up against some top-end recruits at against a USC and a, a Minnesota. And then those guard spots are really up for grabs right now. Uh Nick Abs, who started a few games last year, looks like he's gonna be able to fill in pretty well. Um they still have another spot to to figure out though. And Jace Fuamatu was a, a redshirt freshman who was taking a lot of those reps in the spring. He's injured right now, got hurt over the off season, so um it does seem like they're kinda at least one missing piece away, uh if not more on that offensive line. They've got some figuring out to do. Uh, another walk on uh, senior Nick Abudifi. Uh, He's taken a lot of first team reps, so uh, could be some new names to learn there. Could be some changes of course over the next couple weeks. Uh, Q Woodley's a big one that they're expecting to start at somewhere. He can play literally any position. Uh, So they have options and you know, I think just the biggest thing is, are they going to be ready for the tasks of those first two games? Because it's a tough challenge.
0: Nah, yeah, well, once you start uh, seeing the the beef on the other side of the line, uh, that's going to be a different story as they, they face up against a, a USC and a Minnesota back-to-back there uh, fairly quickly. It's going to be uh, very interesting to see how they stack up. Um, and uh, against teams that are supposedly supposed to be bigger and faster, usually the Bulldogs hold their own. In this case, you think they have enough to kind of put those pieces together?
1: You know, I think they do, especially for Mountain West play. I think they have enough athletes there to get it done. Uh, But again, the first two games are a bit of a concern there. Um, Like last year when the Bulldogs played Minnesota, it was the defensive line we were talking about. Are they going to be ready for a game like that? And we remember the offense struggled quite a bit against the Gophers, but Minnesota was able to run the ball on the Bulldogs just enough to drain that clock and make life difficult for Fresno State so that's kind of the similar case you have with this offensive line now last year the D line really improved by the end of the year and now they're the strong point on this 2019 team the same could be said about the O line but they're going to have to pick up to speed as soon as possible for the Bulldogs to have a a good shot those first two weeks.
0: Now, of course, another way for the Bulldogs to kind of mediate that and kind of uh, offset a little bit of that pressure on the line and also on the quarterback is going to be the running game. And there, the Bulldogs are are pretty much set as to who is going to run the ball. I mean, you you already know Rivers is going to be the main feature. How does things stack up behind him uh, other than, than Rivers there?
1: Yeah, that's become one of the key questions right now in camp because Jordan Mims, who was injured at the tail end of last season, we thought he was going to be good to go. It looks like that may not be the case. Uh, In fact, they're looking into his injury, maybe going prolonging into the season, could be worse. Um, Whatever happened with his foot is not totally corrected. And so they're kind of preparing for the chance that they may not have him for at least the first part of the season. Uh, you don't have DeJounte O'Neal anymore, who graduated, and Josh Hokett has moved to defense at linebacker. So that kind of leaves Rivers all by himself right now, and uh, Rivers is actually taking things a little light right now in fall camp too. So the rest of the group, the remainders, are, are getting a lot of work right now in camp, and those guys I'm referring to are the likes of Romello Harris and Savion Johnson. Uh, Johnson was recruited during the Deruder era, and Harris was a transfer from Washington State. Most Fresno State fans will know him from Tulare Union, And those two guys have been, you know, anxious, (laughs) waiting for their turn, and it looks like they're going to get it. Uh, Both of those guys are, I felt like even last year, they could have contributed when some injuries happened, so uh, I'm feeling pretty good about those two. Uh, The true freshman, Peyton Dixon, came in, about 200 or so pounds. I mean, he does not look like a freshman. I anticipate, if needed, he'll play quite a bit as well. So, unproven depth, but depth that I like, and I anticipate we'll be able to take care of quite a bit of the load if needed
0: now dixon they were that was a player that the bulldogs were really high on (laughs) chances we may see him more than than expected this season
1: i think at least use that four game redshirt rule to to utilize him we didn't see the bulldogs do that a whole lot last year just because there were so many veterans on the team there wasn't there's too much depth really to, to even get to some of those freshmen but uh dixon even if he's not needed uh I anticipate he's going to suit up and play some of those games if at the very least in that that garbage time quote unquote (laughs) but I think he's good enough to play um you know he's still having some growing pains at fall camp but physically he looks ready to go and you just look at his numbers from high school and you figure that he's going to be a a dynamic athlete for the Bulldogs he had well over 3,000 yards almost 50 touchdowns as a senior in high school and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to take him too long to contribute.
0: Now, the the new rule as far as the the red shirt, it's four games, but you can use them at any point in the season, right, Jackson?
1: Yeah, and so you could run him out there the first four weeks and then decide, oh, he's not ready. Or you can save him towards the end of the season if an injury happens and say, all right, Peyton, go out there and take over <laughs> that role. Or, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. You can just if he's maybe not quite up to speed just wherever there's a time to take out the starters you let him get some run and that's kind of an intriguing deal with josh hokett as well because they want to redshirt him this season Uh, if you haven't heard he's going to focus more on wrestling this year redshirt and football and so you know if something happens where they're really desperate at either running back or linebacker they can throw him out there perhaps or save him for the big games or do something to to utilize him in a role that never existed until the last two years
0: yeah and so that that could that could develop uh, you know something that that red shirt rule is going to be very interesting this year i mean they they can use it a lot of different ways i think last year the coaching staff really didn't know when and where to use that Mm -hmm. but I think they've they've kind of had a year under their belt they kind of figured it out and think maybe how they can use it a little bit better so I expect to see that being used a little more this year but as far as the other position on offense that leaves us with the wide receivers and this is a spot that's pretty much wide open at the wide receiver position and you know you've gotten a chance to kind of see what's going on there and, and you know any any surprises so far.
1: The surprise maybe to me is Josh Kelly, just because when you have Jalen Cropper as a four-star recruit, you have Carrick Wheatfall, who was a junior college recruit at receiver. Uh, him and Jamal Glaspie got a little overlooked, I think, and Jamal Glaspie to an extent as well. But, man, Kelly is looks physically ready to play. He's very athletic. There's something different about him when he jumps up for a pass. Um, not to compare him to Devontae Adams, but when he jumps, you kind of have that that jump ball where he's just in the air and he's going to find a way to get it in his hands. He's got a lot of that to him. Um, But the receiver position is wide open and, you know, Cropper's looked good. Wheatfall has looked very good. I think he's going to be involved. Um, And there's a lot of returners that maybe a lot of Bulldog fans aren't too familiar with as well. Uh, Zane Pope is a redshirt sophomore who looks like he's going to be pretty involved Chris Coleman, also a shirt sophomore, played a little bit last year. He could be stepping up into a much bigger role this season. Uh, Darion Grimm as well. He's probably the most well-known returning receiver, and he's probably going to start uh, as expected. Hasn't been passed up by anyone in fall camp so far or anything. And then you also have to consider the tight ends because you bring back Jared Rice as your leading receiver, and Cam Sutton is... Who some Bulldog fans may or may not know, he he played a little bit last year, but man, he is six foot six and two hundred and thirty pounds, and he jumps like uh, it looks like a basketball player with the football size. You know, he he's the guy you would throw the alley oop to uh, on the basketball court. He ha- he can jump, adjust. I mean, you don't see six foot six football players that can jump like him. And on the very first day of practice, Reina threw a pass up to where only a six foot six guy with jumping ability could catch the pass for a touchdown and he caught it. Uh, so whether Sutton plays at tight end or as a big slot receiver, he is going to be very involved. And, you know, I almost look at him perhaps as your number two receiver with rice as your number one receiver. I mean, those two guys are proven and they're back and they're the older options. And then, You've just got a whole ton of receivers, and it's still going to take a few weeks to figure out how that shakes out.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's way too much talent at the wide receiver position. Probably more talent this year than I've seen in quite some time. Uh, I mean, much anticipated local product, Jalen Cropper, you know, all eyes are on him. So is there going to be some sort of pressure for him to, to work his way into that starting
1: role? Yeah, with Cropper, athletically, you you still see. I mean, we've watched him quite a bit over the past couple years, and there is something very special about him. He does come in at 155 pounds. He's a bit on the light side. You look at, like I mentioned, Kelly and Glassby. They came in at 175, so you can definitely see a different body type, maybe a more college-ready body type. And the thing is, the Bulldogs have had small receivers. Um, I'm I'm thinking
0: maybe a slot position for
1: him. Yeah, you know... The one small body that I think of off the top of my head is Jalen Saunders, who eventually transferred to Oklahoma, but he was about 150 pounds. About wiggles. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, there's been some guys, but they're, they're like five foot nine bodies at 155 pounds. And Cropper is six foot one (laughs) and 155 pounds. Like it's it's like a toothpick standing uh, tall. It's a little different. And, you know, he doesn't look, terribly undersized, but you just worry a little bit about how he's going to handle some of the hits. Um, And I know he's been working hard, and he went through a bit of a a medical issue following his junior season, which I imagine has contributed to that. Uh, It's taken him a little while to get back to full health, and by his senior season, he was there. But um, you know, athletically, if they're ready to put him out there, I think he can make some plays, but I don't necessarily... Expect him to be a starter, the every down, Keyshawn Johnson kind of guy they had last year.
0: Well, may may not be a starter, but how about special teams on on returning kicks?
1: Yeah, that's interesting to me because you lose Johnson, who did a lot of that, and uh, Rivers, I don't know if they want to risk him back there. Uh, The Bulldogs, as good as they've been just about everywhere, (laughs) they haven't really done much in the return game. Uh, Really the only play that comes to mind is Jameer Jordan returning a field goal which was, you know, that's kind of an anomaly. That's not your typical punt or kick return. Uh, so I think there's a few options on this team. Cropper would definitely be one of them. And I think eventually he will kind of take that role, but we'll see if they're ready to give that to him as a true freshman or not.
0: Yeah. So, it, I mean, definitely the, the returning the kicks, I've seen him do it so many times in high school, um, it, electrifying. Anytime he touches that ball, he, he he has the ability to take it yard every single time. Uh, but, uh, you know, like you said, a little undersized, just not sure how he's going to take the pounding over the, the next year if he ends up playing quite a bit for the Bulldogs, but there's a lot of talent. So maybe they might use that four game red shirt rule on Cropper just to be safe to try and see if they can get his, is at least his body muscle up, body mass up on him. Um, you know, they they did it with his uh, with his buddy that came from Sanger, uh, Aaron Mosby, and now look at him. I mean, he's a, he's a monster over there on the field. Yeah. Uh, but that leads us to to the defensive side of the ball. Um, let, let's go ahead and start off with that linebacker position. Mosby has now moved in to a starting <laughs> role as a linebacker. Uh, How do you see that kind of panning out over there?
1: Yeah, I think we got a a bit of a preview of it last year, and uh, he was kind of forced into there where he was out of high school. A lot of people thought he was going to be a receiver. He comes to Fresno State as a safety. Now he's a linebacker. They've really bulked him up. I mean, six foot four, 230 pounds About is what are his dimensions right now, and that's a pretty impressive looking linebacker. <laughs> and he's going to fill a lot of what James Bailey did last year, who was also able to drop into coverage. Of course, with uh, Mosby coming from safety, he can do a lot of that stuff. Um, this is a, a position where I think Fresno State is feeling pretty good. I think all three linebackers, but uh, Mosby was called into action last year there was a few games where Jeff Allison got hurt and Mosby slid into outside linebacker and the rest of the group adjusted so he's got the defense down pretty well uh, physically there's no question we saw him run back a pick six against San Jose State um, so yeah I mean I don't think there's too many issues with what they're expecting from him right now
0: no the linebacker position looks to be Pretty solid. Um, I mean, even with the 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 loss of Allison um, going pro, um, I mean, it looks like they've been able to kind of reload the deck again. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to watch. Of course, you know, you can't replace a talent like Allison was. I mean, he was all over the field for the last couple of years, and people noticed. Uh, but maybe there's going to be somebody else that's going to step up into his spot this upcoming season. Uh, but time will tell. But uh you know he did get a lot of help in in the backfield with those safeties and how is that kind of panning out right now
1: yeah with the defensive backfield uh, i'm pretty impressed by the start this is i kind of mentioned earlier the starters are looking very good the second team makes you sweat a little bit uh the first teamers you got Jaron Bryan and Juju Hughes back as a uh, one corner and one safety feel i mean doesn't get much more solid than that uh Mike Bell leaving to the pros early uh, attempting to um that was a concern, but now you've got Waylon Free, who played a lot last year as a redshirt freshman. He's switched his jersey to number four, which Bell wore last year. He, I mean, Free's 6'2", Bell was 6'3". So you look back there and you see this big guy wearing number four, and a lot of compliments have come Free's way. So I, I think particularly by the offensive players and coaches, they say Free's been all over the place. He's making life difficult on them. So with him at safety, you feel like they reloaded pretty well, losing Bell. And then that leaves the last corner spot as a question mark. Chris Gaston, who came in with Free. Gaston was once committed to UCLA, and Free was once committed to USC. So you've got two guys that could have been some pretty big-time players on the national level uh, playing very early for Fresno State, but having the athleticism where they think they're going to be in pretty good shape. And then they brought in a solid eight, I think it was eight freshman secondary players. <laughs> it's, it's a big number. And uh, a lot of those guys could step into second team roles right off the bat.
0: Yeah, so the, you know the 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 defensive backs back there in the in the backfield they're they're looking pretty solid. Uh, would you say that the defense is looking like they're far ahead of the offense at this point?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, when you look at the defense, uh, the veteran group of D linemen. The veteran group for the most part of secondary players, I think Gaston's the only guy that's a little fresh right now. And then the linebackers, even though you replaced three starters, as we mentioned, you've got Aaron Mosby who's played, uh, Justin Rice is your other outside linebacker right now, and uh, you know he's been basically your apprentice for the last two years <laughs> waiting for that spot. Uh, he, I think he could have been capable of playing last year, but... I mean, the starting group never came off the field. They just redshirted him, so they'd have Rice for two more years now. Uh, So they feel really good about him. And then at the middle, you move Michael Walker from defensive end to middle linebacker, and uh, he was the Bulldogs' defensive MVP in the Mountain West Championship game over a guy like Allison, over Walker, and I mean, over Bell, excuse me. And Walker was originally a middle linebacker. So, you don't anticipate there being a, a struggle for him moving to that position. You just are curious how the six foot three <laughs> former defensive end is going to look compared to Allison, who was under six foot and a, and a much different athlete. Um, but, I mean, yeah, top to bottom, the defense is very strong. I think the offense definitely has attributes of their own, but a lot more new players being worked in on offense.
0: Yeah. And, and so that defense is, uh, I think, it's going to be the shining point. At least, at least until they get beat down a little <laughs> bit here in the first couple of games. Um, and, you know, it could be a whole – the defense could look a whole lot different once some of these injuries start to happen because, let's face it, they will, and they always do. Uh, just depends on which player goes down as to how it's going to affect this defense. But another one, another position we haven't talked about yet much is that defensive line. Hmm. Um, you know, you've got a chance to kind of see what's going on fall camp. What are your overall thoughts on what this line's going to do this year?
1: Yeah. And as I alluded to earlier, last year at this time, they were the big question mark. Were they going to be any good? <laughs> were they going to be able to let the rest of the returning defense be as successful as we knew they could be? And after that Minnesota game, they were basically there for the rest of the season. But This year, that defensive line looks very strong, particularly in the middle. You've got four guys who could start on just about any Mountain West team, and that's not Homer talk by any means. Uh, This Fresno State never has four as deep of a defensive tackle group as they have right now. Uh, KT Iacopo is technically your smallest guy who ended up being probably most effective (laughs) by the end of the year, ended up being one of their starters. Uh, Only 5'11", but is a very uh, good rusher from the interior. You bring back Kevin Atkins and Jasad Haynes. Both of those guys dealt with injuries last year, and being at full strength, uh, they should be even better this year. And then Ricky McCoy, who was a local guy coming from Washington, played quite a bit last year. All four of those guys are big, even (laughs) Iacopo, relatively undersized, but they're all big bodies, and they're all very well you know, they take taken care of business in the weight room. They are, are, they're all capable. And that's been the interesting thing about fall camp is that they're, you're not competing. Who's going to start? It's which one of these four starting capable players is going to emerge and, and get the first reps. But all four of those guys are going to play quite a bit.
0: Yeah. I don't see too much of a drop off this season. In fact, I think, like you said, it's going to be a an even stronger, uh, defensive line than we've had in quite some time. Usually the weak point of the bulldogs uh this year it could be their anchor for that defense um if they can just hold together and make sure uh they don't take a hit on the depth chart uh, Mm. this this season but uh, you know things things are are starting to shape up of course we're only five days in um and you you kind of seeing things kind of start to shake out a little bit here
1: yeah um You know, they're taking things slow with most of the newcomer groups, and it'll be interesting to see if maybe some of those players get worked in more in the next couple weeks or if they surpass some of the returning Bulldogs. That's where I'm really curious to see guys like Jalen Cropper and Josh Kelly, if they are able to move up the depth chart pretty quickly. Um, Defensive end, which is a position, you know, Michael Walker moving away from there. Kwame Jones is also a returning starter it looks like he's dealing with some injuries right now too and his status is uncertain so defensive end is a position to really watch there's a lot of guys that have been here for a year to three years that are ready to take over but there's a lot of competition to figure out who those two guys are going to be um, but I think a lot of the first team has figured out I look at Offensive line, wide receiver, and defensive end are the three key starting positions that are virtually up for grabs. Um, not every offensive line position, of course, but the most of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I've got the one burning question that I know everybody out there wants to know: Are, are we going to have a kicker this year?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that was a question for most of the last season. Now, Asa Fuller won over a lot of hearts in those last two games, making two field goals in the snow in Boise and a field goal in the Vegas Bowl. Now that's a small sample size of three kicks. Is he going to continue that? It's kind of a wait and see. Um, But right now he's the the clear number one. They're going to keep going with him. And he's got his younger brother on the roster right now, Cade Fuller, who is a pretty good athlete himself, and he's going to be – uh, working as a punter behind blake cusick who seems like he's been here for a long time but he's got another year to start for the dogs and then maybe we'll see two fullers at uh, kicker and punter
0: i wasn't he here like 10 years ago i, I mean it's yeah, like he the, was
1: about the mvp of that 2016 <laughs> team that only won one game.
0: It, it, he's like he, he's like he's still here i mean i it, it's like uh, how many years has he been here now it's almost six years now. <laughs> Uh, I don't know that, but he has been one of the the bright spots of the special teams, and uh, you know, I, I believe this is his last year, right, Jackson? So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, officially, he will be gone. But the the question is, is though, is people think he might be an NFL type Tyler Burke kind of a, uh, of a punter? Does he have a shot at the next level?
1: You know, he's been up for you know awards nationally for his punting. He's done a really good job for the Bulldogs. I don't know if his leg is quite as strong as some of the guys you see in the NFL, but as far as being consistent and as solid as he's been, I think he's going to certainly get some looks. And, um, you know, there's been some NFL scouts out of practice already, so he's going to be on uh, on notice for some of those guys to take a look too.
0: Yeah, so, the, you know... Things are things are looking good so far for this upcoming season. Now, as things start to develop more as uh, practices go on, uh, we'll try and break some of that news uh, as things uh, get going. Uh, but that being said, Jackson, on the as far as the recruiting front, uh, recruiting front for the Bulldogs, any news to report there?
1: There hasn't been any commits since we last spoke, but I'm gonna be a little bit of a tease here with our insider board. (laughs) Um, Earlier this week, I dialed in a crystal ball uh, pick, and if you're not familiar with that, 24/7 Sports has a feature where we as reporters can dial in who we think or where we think a recruit's gonna go. Um, There's a a, quite a high-profile recruit on the Bulldogs board that I've dialed in towards Fresno State. been pretty accurate with that tool so far i think i've only missed one over the last two years so uh, hopefully that one plays out as i anticipate um and then two things there's been four recruits that visited over the last week there was a very small window where the bulldogs could get recruits in the door and so you can find that information on the insider board and I've also got, uh, for our weekly Wednesday special this week, going to be doing a, a comprehensive report on about 10 recruits Fresno State's either is or was looking at, depending on what those updates are. So you know, this is kind of the time of year with fall camp where there's so much going on that the recruits kind of get pushed to the side. but. Uh, definitely gonna do our best to keep those updated for our uh, inside subscribers
0: yeah and i'm i'm chomping at the bit for some high school football to come around Uh, that's when that's when i start to get a lot more involved as well i go out and and take a look at some of these high school games and you know jackson will probably be joining me on on a few of those road trips especially if he wants to head down to bakersfield one day (laughs) so but um you know things are gonna to start to kind of shape up a little bit now, and remember, I was one of the only ones to predict Cropper was gonna to come to the Bulldogs, <laughs> yep, and that's because I probably did more interviews with that guy than anyone else here locally that's true, so uh you know we do tend to kind of find things out a little bit sooner than most people around here, but uh that being said we'll 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 definitely throw out some uh some of our thoughts on some of these local players for you. Um, but switching gears now, um, we kind of mentioned it Fresno state matching up against, uh, USC opening day, heading down to LA, uh, you know, tell us what, what's going through your mind as far as what's that's going to happen there. I mean, just the atmosphere alone, you probably were there the last time they were there. What, how did that feel to you?
1: So I was unable to make the last trip, but I was Uh-oh. there in '05 when the big one with Reggie Bush and all that happened, and that was incredible. That's going to, I mean, as long as I live, that'll be one of the top Fresno State games I've ever seen. But, uh, you know, 2014, there's kind of parallels with this team coming off a big season and replacing a lot of players, a quarterback, and, you know, you don't want to draw too many parallels because that last trip didn't go very well for Fresno State. Uh, this USC team is not nearly as good, I don't think. I mean, they're talent wise, they have the best, some of the best recruits in the nation. But.
0: Well, let, let's just put it this way: <laughs> at the end of the last season, there was pe- plenty of people predicting the Bulldogs were going to come in and roll over the USC based off of what they did last year. Yeah. However, now USC is favored by fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> so does that say much?
1: Yeah, to me, it's. As much as it typically is about Fresno State when they go to these types of teams being able to compete athletically, size-wise, speed-wise, I, for me, it's I think a lot of it's out of Fresno State's hands. I think it's what is USC going to be? Are they going to be the 5-7 and seven team that they were last year? Because if they were, I think the Bulldogs, even while replacing some players, can go in there and do something similar that they did to UCLA last year. Not quite as lopsided, but they can walk in there and get a win. Or is USC going to be the actual team that they've recruited? Because yeah, I know recruiting rankings aren't everything, but if you go off of the recruiting rankings, they should be a top five level team. That's literally the type of recruiting they've done with that roster over the last four to five years. And if that's the case, you know, if the Bulldogs were playing Alabama or Georgia, we wouldn't not be having this discussion about them going in there to get a win. <laughs> <laughs> so we wouldn't even be thinking about yeah. it at this point. <laughs> so for me. You know, I mean, Fresno State, they've got to get as much done this month and get as prepared as they can, but it all comes down to how well-prepared is that USC staff going to be? Are they going to throw a whiff like they did last year? Or are they going to be the team that they can be? And, you know, that's the hard part for me because even if the Bulldogs, you know, if they are as good as they possibly can be, it still comes down to is USC going to be a, a top – tier kind of team, or are they going to be a type of UCLA kind of team they saw last year?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's going to be the hard part. I mean, it's it it's like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Which team are you going to face? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if if it's going to be the team that's going to be coming out firing on all cylinders, the bulldog all the Bulldogs can do is try to hold hold on and try to keep this game respectable. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a team that kind of comes out struggles, Bulldogs are able to capitalize on it, gain some confidence and USC starts going in the back of their minds going, uh-oh, here we go again, <laughs> then the Bulldogs have a chance to really do something special uh, by pulling that one off and then coming back to Bulldog Stadium with a lot of confidence against the Minnesota team. Mm. So, you know, it all depends on which USC team shows up. And it, it could mean a whole lot to the Bulldogs, you know, if, if, if the— if the worst one shows up for for USC. <laughs> um, but- I will
1: make one prediction. You know, the Bulldogs have, a, I forget exactly where they are, but they have a pretty impressive streak going of holding opponents to 30 points or less. And I, regardless of how good USC comes out, I think they're going to do that again in this game. And if you hold them to under 30 points, it's possible to get blown out and you've got a punch your shot. And so uh, if that's the case, it kind of comes down to the Bulldogs offense being productive and it's kind of a wait and see when the lights turn on if they can do it or not
0: and that's what exactly what we've been predicting is it's kind of right now the bulldogs defense is going to be the strong point and we're hoping that they will have enough to hold on uh against this usc team but the problem is the longer that defense is out the the you know the more tired they get so the offense is gonna have to generate some offense or the Bulldogs are going to be in trouble, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so that's going to be the key factor. Um, you know, can this offense actually produce uh, against a team like that? Um, but moving on, you know, the next one that that's on that we'll mention here on on this on this podcast for uh, that's on the schedule is going to be the one against Minnesota here at home. Now the Bulldogs did go down to Minnesota and almost pull off a win. Um, uh, despite a uh, last ditch effort to get that ball over to Rice in the end zone, the pass that took forever <laughs> to come down. Um, do the Bulldogs have a chance to kind of show Minnesota, you know, a different team than what they saw down in Minnesota?
1: Yeah, and I think the Bulldogs were a much better team at the end of the year than they were when they were at Minnesota last year. In the same Area the Bulldogs have to replace a lot more this year than Minnesota does. So that kind of balances out the scales again a little bit. I do like Fresno State's odds at home in this one rather than traveling. I believe it's going to be a late kickoff, which typically plays in Fresno State's favor when a team from the Midwest or the East comes to town. So I think there's a lot playing in Fresno State's favor. Definitely our predictions are going to change depending on what happens at USC. But just looking at this one early on, I do like the Bulldogs head-to-head against Minnesota. Uh, The Gophers did just lose their quarterback, who started against the Bulldogs last year. Zach Anikstad went down with a fall camp injury. That sounds like is going to keep him out well beyond the the Week 2 matchup between these two teams. Uh, Now, last year, they did kind of move away from him a little bit to Tanner Morgan, um, which is my understanding. And so they are going to be fairly equipped at the quarterback position. but. Um, still going to be a little bit of a question mark for Minnesota there, which certainly helps you if you're Fresno State.
0: Now, being here at Fresno, do we hope for triple digits on that game? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of sick of the triple digits already, but you know, when you have a team like Minnesota coming in who doesn't ever get the triple digits, <laughs> would that be an advantage for the Bulldogs?
1: You know, it, it could be. We've seen... Some teams come in, like Colorado for one a few years back, one of the hottest days in Bulldog Stadium, and they didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, now Coach P.J. Fleck uh, at Minnesota, I think he's going to be able to rally them regardless. But the later and hotter it is, the better you feel if you're Fresno State. <laughs> yeah, so
0: that's going to be one of those where it's kind of a double-edged sword. You want it to be hot, but at the same time, as a spectator, you don't <laughs> want it to be hot. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be one of those that... uh uh you know, we need to find a happy medium, uh, something that's going to bother Minnesota, but not bother the fans. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be interesting to watch that game right there. Now, you know, we're, we're talking about their quarterback. Do they have much of a running game, though, coming in here? Uh, we know that uh, they do like to play smash mouth football in that in that league. Is that something that they're going to try to bring in here in Fresno?
1: Yeah, you know, they were very effective with that against the Bulldogs last year. And that was with their perceived star running back getting hurt on virtually, it was like the first, second, or third snap of the game. And they were still able to recover without him. And that's kind of what you get with some of these Power Five teams, even Minnesota, who's not a juggernaut by any means. They just have, you know, a few more guys that can be plugged in and not drop off against the Bulldogs kind of a team. But. They're definitely going to run the ball. That's one of their strong suits, and uh, we saw last year they really focused on running the ball, and then they got just those key passes right when they needed them. And I anticipate a a pretty similar looking team, even if some of the faces are different.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch just how the Bulldogs stack up this season. Um, You know, being it that it's here at home. It's always a different atmosphere once they bring in these big teams into uh, Bulldog Stadium. It seems like the energy just ratches up another level. Um, you know, the fans just love it when these big Power Five teams actually make a visit to Bulldog Stadium. But these. Power 5 teams don't really like coming here because of it, which is, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's good for us, bad for them. So we'll, we'll see what happens uh, as far as how the Bulldogs stack up once the Minnesota Gophers come to town. Uh, but that pretty much wraps it up for football. But you do have some news on the basketball front. Um, and that was with a big-time uh, recruit to, committing to Fresno State and tell us a little bit more about that one because it is it is a big-time kind of a, a commit for the Bulldogs.
1: Yeah, just when it seemed like Fresno State was done with the recruiting class, they had brought in quite a few players. About six guys had been added to the roster over the offseason. They find one more, and uh, he's the highest rated out of the group. And Fresno State was feeling pretty excited already about Orlando Robinson, who they got was a, almost a four-star kind of a guy as a post player. Now, this new recruit tops him in the rankings, uh, Nevin Glover. He comes from Florida. He is another high-ranking three-star recruit. He's in the top 240 of uh, 24-7 sports rankings, which maybe doesn't sound as impressive as it really is. But, I mean, you don't see a whole lot of Mountain West type of commits in that tier of players. Uh, So, definitely a top-end kind of a guy for Fresno State. And if you look him up on YouTube, he's got videos with, like, hundreds of thousands of views He's in games, throwing the ball between his legs and dunking it down, catching alley-oops, crossing people over. I mean, he's just a very exciting player. And sometimes it can be a, a transition to the college game to do some of those same things. But if he can give even a glimpse of that, he's going to be a very fun one to watch for the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah, so the basketball team uh, looks like they've they're just got an injection in their arm with uh, with some of these recruits. You know, they had a a pretty good season last season. Do you see the the continuing success uh, heading into the the new season?
1: They've got a strong roster, and part of it is who they return. Another part is based off potential. You look at the recruiting class, I'm very excited about them, but it may take a couple years before we see that pay off. But um, you bring back Nate Grimes, Noah Blackwell, New Williams. Those are three guys I think you can depend on pretty well. Chris Seeley, who transferred from Utah, sat out last year, he's gonna be good to go. Assange Juuf at seven foot two. I'm not sure what to expect quite yet, but however they use him, I think he's gonna make a an impact one way or another. Uh, so they definitely have some pieces and if some of these young guys can can elevate their game to contribute, uh you gotta feel pretty excited if you're Fresno State. Um, but the big question is you lose Deshaun Taylor and you lose Braxton Huggins. And those two guys, you could depend on for forty plus points every night, and it's just tough. To, I mean, it's tough to replace those one of those guys, let alone two. Uh, so can some of these returners like Nate Grimes and New Williams, Noah Blackwell? Can they increase their points per game enough to where the Bulldogs don't feel that hit?
0: Now the question is: Is this going to be a team that's going to uh, be a little more electrifying and get the fan base excited about basketball? Because let, let's face it, the last few years it's been kind of hard to kind of get the fans to come out to to uh, to the Save Mart Center. Mm. Do you think that the, the the current team might be able to kind of show a little bit of uh, pizzazz and getting people <laughs> out here?
1: I think the fans that are going are buying in. You know, last year was a pretty solid one. We've twenty three and nine, a pretty good year. Uh, no postseason, but I mean, that wasn't expected from that team at all. So to have that kind of success was definitely encouraging. You know, this year's team is kind of in between. You have a pretty good group of seniors, but you also have a – it's kind of a transition year when you lose players like Taylor and, and Huggins. Um, but it's also could be a different style of team as well. Uh, last year we saw, especially early on in the year, they were chucking a bunch of threes, throwing down a bunch of dunks. It was a pretty exciting brand of basketball. Towards the end of the year when you get to conference, even – with how basketball is changing, they had to tighten that up a little bit. This year's team is a lot bigger, a lot more in the post, so it may look a little bit different. And um, either way, I think they're still going to have some of the elements that Coach Hudson preaches that makes them exciting a lot of three point shooting, uh, a fast tempo, and they certainly don't mind dunking it down when they get the chance.
0: All right. So. Yeah, that that is what has been going on so far uh, this week, and uh, like always, Jackson and I are going to try to get these uh, podcasts out on a weekly basis. Uh, so we'll continue to uh, give you all the latest coverage on Fresno State uh, athletics, not only just football, but you know other sports as as things develop for us. Uh, but that being said, Jackson, any final thoughts on what uh, what to expect here?
1: Yeah, I just want to um, promote a little bit what we're doing with the site. Uh, basically, at every practice, and if, after each practice, you'll see an insider report of the football team at fall camp. A lot of our subscribers are enjoying those uh, based on the comments. Uh, you get an inside peek. At, you know, Since they're not open to the public, we are doing our best to explain what's going on behind the scenes, uh, get some anecdotes from practice, interviews, pictures, videos, you know, impressions from the coaches our impressions from what we're seeing so uh, pretty valuable tool there if you're a fresno state fan and uh, also keeping up with recruiting interviews as well i mean it's a, a big time of year to be a part of our uh, vip subscription plan and for our new members as always we have easy ways to join if you want to get on our monthly plan you can sign up for one dollar on your first month make sure you like it before you get in for good and uh, also with our annual pass, which comes with a seven-day free trial, which is nice, to even cheaper way to <laughs> test it out. Uh, if you're a first-time subscriber as well, you'll get 30% off your first year. So uh, definitely two ways to get on board and see all the stuff that we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, so I, I hope you enjoy these podcasts. This is our way to kind of give back to to the fans as a, you know, it's, it's, it's free um, you know, we do give out some information, but we try to reserve all the best information for our premium subscribers, uh, on the website. So, uh, make sure the, to head over to the, to the website and, uh, sign up if you haven't done so already. Uh, also head over to our Facebook page. Uh, I, we've been trying to, to boost that up to, uh, uh, you know, as high as we can get it. Where, where are we at right now, Jackson, do you have account?
1: Let's see, last time I looked we had gotten into the 4,900s at least So I was excited about that And we are at 4,930 So Whoa. I think we're we're getting close to 5,000
0: that, Didn't I tell you? We, <laughs> I, tried, I tried to get them to do it by next podcast But that's not going to happen You know, we're going to try it at least And see if we can get to 5,000 by the time uh, season opener um, Which is not out of the realm of possibility by the sounds of it We're, we're getting pretty dang close so if you haven't done so already, head over to our Facebook page, look for um, the um, BarkBoard.com and uh, you know, like the page or, or whatever it is that you do there um, so that you can uh, get all the latest updates as to when something new gets posted because we tend to pu- publish it there first so that uh, the fans know to head over to the website and find a new article um that being said you can catch me on twitter at red wave report you can find jackson at jackson more 247 and uh you know you can always find us on the website if you want to leave us a, a, a personal message there as well um but typically you know we we are you can find us just about anywhere So that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us back again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.